Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Our study takes us to lesson number 29. We will deal with the doctrine of the church. We'll get into our study right after this. I want to say right from the start that nothing that I say is original with me. In fact, I don't think any preacher can say anything that is original. The Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. My daddy used to tell me that if it's new, it isn't true, and if it's true, it isn't new. So I just accept the fact that I'm simply going to be repeating what somebody else has found already. We now join in progress part six of our study on systematic theology, lesson number 29 on the doctrine of the church. The importance of keeping this ordinance discerningly is seen in the fact that it can cost you your life if it is eaten or drunk unworthily. To see this, open your Bible and look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29 and 30, which we just read. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Yes, it is important how we receive the Lord's Supper. In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us that we are to judge ourselves, that we be not judged. This we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 31. Paul goes on to tell us that God will judge us and will chasten us, that we should not be condemned with the world, according to verse 32 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. So we must very seriously approach the receiving and eating of the Lord's table in a right manner and with the right attitude. There are those who want to make this ordinance a sacrament, saying it's a part of our salvation. We've already dealt with the fact that that's simply not what the scripture says. Let me touch on a couple of things about this. First, those that make the elements either literal or spiritual. That is, the bread becomes the literal body of Christ or the spiritual body of Christ. The juice becomes the literal blood of Christ or the spiritual blood of Christ. Both of these are false teachings. When Jesus gave the disciples the bread, it was as a type of his broken body. When he gave them the cup, it was as a type of his shed blood. A type, not literal. Two things tell us that, they, that it was not literal. Because Jesus would have been telling his disciples to be cannibals and eat Jesus' literal flesh, which was a violation of the word of God, if it was literal. In John 6 and verse 63, Jesus said, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Another thing for those who want to take the words literally. Notice what Jesus says in Matthew 26 and verse 27. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. The scripture says he took the cup and gave it to them. Then he told them, Drink ye all of it. If it's literal, then I have a question for you. How could you drink all the cup? Now, we know he was saying to drink what was in the cup. Nevertheless, if you take it literally, as these claim they do, then somehow or another you have to drink the cup itself, which is an impossibility. 
There is nothing magical about the Lord's Supper. However, there is a magnificence about it. For in the Lord's Supper, we remember our Lord's death, his broken body, his shed blood, which he did for us. And we declare that Jesus is coming again. What a magnificent picture God has given us to display in the church. The church's mission in this world is to reach the lost with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to take the gospel to this lost world, for we are his witnesses, according to Acts 1 and verse 8, where he commands us, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. As his witnesses, we are to tell this world what we know for a fact. A witness tells the facts, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That is our responsibility in this world. Not only are we his witnesses, we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 20 and 21 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Ambassadors do not speak for themselves, but for the authority that sent them. So it is our responsibility to deliver the message that God has given to us, that man can be saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgiveness of sins is found in our Lord Jesus Christ alone. There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This is the message we have to give to this lost and dying world. Furthermore, the church's mission is to baptize those that believe the gospel and get saved. And then we are to train them to go and reach the lost. Certainly, the church has a great responsibility to its membership. And God has provided for the fulfilling of that responsibility by the appointment of pastors to shepherd the flock. The job of the pastor is to preach the word. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 to 5 says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering in doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. It is the word of God that God's people need to hear. Because only by the word of God does faith come. Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The apostle Peter tells us 
in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 to 4, feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. So the pastor has a great responsibility, and that is the care of God's sheep, the feeding of them. We are to take this responsibility seriously. There is a reward for faithfulness. Faithfulness is what counts with the Lord. May God find us faithful, and may he say to us in that day, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. God has a plan to glorify his church throughout eternity. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. It says, To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now look at Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. The church is to bring glory to the Lord and magnify and display his glory throughout eternity. Please keep in mind that the word of God is the final authority for faith and practice in a Baptist church. We do not go by the traditions of men, but by thus saith the Lord. We also hold that the state is purely secular and simple, that religious matters are beyond the state's jurisdiction. We are to be subject to the laws of the land, according to our Savior. Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 20 and verse 25, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. In spiritual matters, we are to obey God rather than man. Acts chapter 5 verse 29 tells us. As members of a Baptist church, we are to be good citizens, obeying the laws of the land, as long as those laws do not violate the word of God. God bless you. Until the next lesson. Hey, this is John Cook again. I want to thank you for joining us in this podcast. I encourage you to join us in the next podcast as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Hey, while you're here, why don't you click that subscribe button and follow us, and you'll be notified just as soon as another podcast is released. Appreciate it. God bless.